just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. What the heck is the swarm plan for ballpark? And is this thing going to happen? Plus, good and bad news for the Great Salt Lake. Lead producer Emily Means is here to round up the week's top stories. It's Friday, March 17th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily Means, happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, Ali Vallarta, it's so good to see you. How are you? Uh, well, I had the gunk this week, so apologies to you and listeners for the sound of my congestion. It famously does not make for great audio. I was <laughs> steaming my face under a towel over a bucket of hot water before this to try and like work it out, but I don't think I got very far. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you gotta loosen that up, baby. And you know what? I think talking about the news of the week is gonna loosen that phlegm right out of your throat. <laughs> it does always make me want to spit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. Let's talk about her, she, Salt Lake's very own Marsha Brady, a neighborhood that manages to always make everything about itself. Ballpark. <laughs> Salt Lake's very own Marsha Brady. I wonder if they would appreciate that characterization. <laughs> I just feel like Ballpark makes every other neighborhood feel like a jam because it's like... They're just, every day you open the paper, there is a story about the ballpark neighborhood. There is. Well, they've gotten a lot of big news over the past year. I mean, we learned that the Miller family will be uh, taking their ball and going home Mm -hmm. to daybreak. They're moving the Salt Lake Bees out of Salt Lake. Yeah. And uh, so now it's like, okay, so what are we going to do with this giant baseball stadium that we have here? You know, that's our neighborhood's namesake. You said, take me out to the ball game. And they said, take the ball game out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We got our wires crossed there, I think. Anyway, so they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going to go at this uh, at this stadium location. And so Salt Lake City has this design competition that's been open for a little while now, closing this very day, Friday, March 17th. And looks like they've got more than 50 proposals, and one has really caught our eye, Allie. Well, so I will say, like, the thing about this design competition is that the city already made a master plan for Ballpark, and it calls for some very specific things. So within the realm of possibility, we know we're getting dense housing around the stadium. We know we're getting what they're calling a festival street on West Temple, which basically just means, like, I think kind of a gateway-esque, like very activated. Plaza. Plaza, yeah, yeah. Maybe pedestrian only, depending on what gets pushed through. And then improvements to the 13th South Track Station and like some other sort of updates. So these things are going to be standard. They are in the master plan. We can expect them. How all of those pieces come together and what that looks like 
a crapshoot at this point. And like you said, there have been 50 submissions to this like design competition. But there is one that is really making the rounds and it's called The Swarm. And you want to know something I learned about this proposal, Emily, that's kind of crazy, even though it is like the mock-up that we're seeing in like every news story and it's actually not a submission. What? The Swarm Wait, what? What are you is about? not a submission in the contest. Like it is some enthusiastic designers created this mock-up, but they didn't technically enter it in the design competition. Building Salt Lake reports. I feel like I've been duped. Yeah. It's possible they could still submit it, right? Like, you know, they probably wanted wanted to feel the room out a little bit, right? Mm. Like take a temperature on this proposal. That's my guess. Um, yeah. Looks like it has... It has everything. It's got housing. It's got retail. It's got daycare. It's got rooftop space for markets. Um, but just the fact that it's called The Swarm Alley, big turn off for me. Like, can we just move away from branding anything bee-related at this point? I am so sick of having hives, bees, cones, hexagonal-shaped things <laughs> crammed down my throat in this state. Like... We need a new we need a new thing. Call it the Sego Lily. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take Cute. anything. We have to do our best to describe this proposal for listeners. Um, basically what it is is it is a plan for the ballpark area, that 13 and a half acres, that maintains the stadium, but kind of caps it so that it looks like a giant igloo. Yeah, it's like very like a futuristic mm -hmm. hive. It's probably supposed to be shaped like a oh hive. Oh my god, you're right. right. Okay. Not it, an igloo. Yeah. <laughs> it would make ballpark look like something from Futurama, the TV show. Yeah. I think the best description personally of what the stadium and surrounding elements look like is a swatch. Like, remember the watch store from the aughts? Swatch, the Swiss watch people? I do not remember people? that watch store. I gotta be okay. honest. It looks like a swatch store from my hometown. It's like if you took a swatch and you pumped it up with air until it was the size of a Major League <laughs> Baseball stadium, and then you put it in the middle of the gateway. That is what this proposal looks like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there are some tweaks to be made to the uh, <laughs> to the design of this particular proposal. But I do like, you know, the the things included within it. Mm -hmm. um, I think daycare is really important. Yep. Totally. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. cool that they've worked this into the proposal. That's not yet a proposal, apparently. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's kind of interesting discourse around this competition, Allie. Mm -hmm. So the mayor, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, met with ballpark residents this week to talk about the future of the neighborhood. And that's kind of where this swarm proposal came up. Yeah. But uh, we saw some pushback from some other community groups like Wasatch Tenants United. They're a tenants union here in Salt Lake. And they were really critical of this competition generally because they feel like they've made a game of this, you know, mm. of this neighborhood, of the future of this neighborhood. And they really think that ballpark residents should be leading out on what their neighborhood looks like. So I kind of wanted to get your take on that. Like who, who owns this? Who owns the future of this neighborhood? Right. Well, I mean, 
if it's a design competition, then ballpark residents can put forth design. Sure. But we often hear, I don't know. I think that's an interesting take, especially from Wasatch Tenants United, because so often, like when we think about municipal issues, something that's discussed is how much feedback is too much feedback, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes there are really good really effective proposals that get clogged up in these neighborhood participation events. I'm thinking about like, you know, housing that gets waylaid because a bunch of people in a neighborhood don't want more neighbors. And so they show up to city council and they have the power to just basically unplug something with their rage. And so It's a double-edged sword because sometimes, like, neighborhood feedback is a really good thing and, like, aggressively showing up either for or against a proposal is how we get things done and it's how democracy works. But at the same time, is representative democracy a faster path forward than us having a conversation about every single idea for the city? Right. When we are in a number of crises, including housing ones. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's not necessarily the case that every single ballpark resident is going to agree on what should go right. in their neighborhood, right? right? And also, you know, this we're we're talking about the future of this space and what will replace uh what kind of belonged to everyone in this city, right? It mm-hmm. was a sports stadium. Yeah. The Salt Lake Bees. So even though you know, we're we're focused on what will happen in this ballpark neighborhood. I mean, there are a lot of people outside of the neighborhood who would have an interest in this, right? There's a track station that goes right by there. It brings people to the neighborhood. Yeah. So do we all get a say? I don't know. I mean, I'm not the mayor, so it's not for me to decide. But I, I mean, I think in general, design competitions and these kinds of things are, can be kind of silly. It feels like a scholarship essay, for ballpark (laughs) you know it's like sure I don't know or you could just like give the kids the money to go to college you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean um to be fair the public will be able to vote on these proposals so the city is going to narrow it down then there will be another committee of like community members that narrows it down even further and then the public at large will be able to vote on their favorite proposals so we all kind of will have a hand in what what happens to this neighborhood? How about them apples? How about them apples? You know what? One thing's for sure is that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. We're going to open up the newspaper and there will be more reporting about the ballpark neighborhood. So <laughs> I look forward to having this conversation until our last dying breath. Sure, Jan. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. 
Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. All right. We've got a lot of Great Salt Lake news, which means it's time to play our Great Salt Lake theme song. I sure think you're great. Great Salt Lake. It's just such a bop. You know who thinks that the Great Salt Lake sure is great? We do. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, yeah, them too. (laughs) Them too. They are donating a boatload of water to the lake. In fact, a whole reservoir load of water. Even bigger than a boat. Yeah. This is big news because of two things. Well, three things. One, the crisis at the Great Salt Lake is probably the biggest crisis facing residents of this valley. Of course, the lake is at a historic low. The lake is laced with arsenic, <laughs> the lake bed is, and toxic a toxic bed, which means that when the lake gets lower and we have dust storms, that dust rises, we breathe it in, and basically we're all just smoking the lake for the next however many years is how this thing could end. But there are a lot of people who don't want it to end like that. And when the church wades into crises in this city and in this state, it is always news because they are a, if not the biggest player. I mean, they have some powerful muscles to flex. And so when they flex them, we all feel it. Without a doubt, this donation, I mean, it's the first major like private sector commitment around the lake, but it is a huge, I'm not going to say it's a small drop in the bucket. I'm going to say it's a huge drop in an enormous bucket. It's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're talking 20,000 acre feet of water annually. And so, you know, no one ever understands what like an acre foot of water is. But yeah, like the best way to understand this is it's about as much as what's in Little Dell Reservoir. Okay. Also, Andy Larson from the Tribune, a data columnist, says that it's comparable to as much water as all of Utah golf courses use in a year. (laughs) That seems like a lot of water, right? That is a ton of water. I will say, I think this is an interesting move from the church the week that we got the Pew study about the favorability of 
Mormons or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Did you see oh, this, no, Emily? Oh, tinfoil hat's on. My tinfoil hat's on! It's always on. I was born with it on. Uh, it was very painful for my mother. I just like feel the need to mention it because it's making the rounds. But they did, Pew Research did this like national polling on how Americans broadly view different religious groups. And Mormons polled last. They polled with 15% favorability after Muslims and atheists. And I found that to be a little bit surprising. And I think one of the reasons that that matters and that feels related to me is that this is a church whose model is growth and expansion. And so like with any brand, your favorability matters, right? People don't like Nikes. They're not going to buy Nikes. So I think this church is becoming more and more sort of self-aware that people want to see it flex its muscles in the right direction. And yeah, tinfoil hat on, that polling dropping the same week that they announced a huge donation to the Great Salt Lake. That's just me. That's just okay. me. That might just be you. Um, because, <laughs> because we heard from Governor Spencer Cox that this is something that he's been working with the church on mm -hmm. for like six months. So, you know, it's possible they knew that Pew study was going to come out this week, too. But <laughs> Pew called and was like, you got to do something. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do something fast. Um, but this is also a big deal because the church is probably like the biggest landowner in the state, which means that they probably have just a lot of water to offer. They use yeah. a lot of water. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the church is leading the way on this and they appear to be the right, like the first large private entity mm -hmm. to donate their water shares to the lake. Yeah. Um, I think that it kind of opens the door. Mm, it opens the floodgates oh, to, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. to to others donating their water shares. And I mean, this is important because Leah Larson from the Salt Lake Tribune reported this week that farmers are really, really nervous about leasing their water shares to the lake. Yeah. Even though the legislature has, you know, paved a path for them to do that, the legislature last year changed our state's water law to allow that to happen in the name of conservation. And farmers are just like, mm, I don't know. So, I mean, hopefully this has a domino effect in that regard. Yeah, that reporting from Leah Larson was pretty remarkable because when we talk about the crisis at the lake, often agriculture comes up as a major water user. It's depleted about 63% of the water that would otherwise flow to the lake. So yeah, the legislature retooled laws. They put together this like multi-million dollar trust to finance basically paying farmers to lease their water rights to the lake. And to this day, nobody has signed up to do it. <laughs> no farmers have signed up to do it. And that is huge news, right? Yeah. And when Leah Larson asked like representatives from the state, like for example, Joel Ferry, how they feel about that. Like if that concerns them, they said, well, these things take time. It's a cultural shift. We're optimistic that they'll come around. Again, when we think about the crisis at the lake, what we don't have is the privilege of time, right? So, and there are a lot of reasons that farmers are saying that they're skeptical about leasing their water rights to the lake. One is they're like, I look around my farm, I see nothing but development. What? Why should I believe that the water I give up is going to make its way to the lake? Fair point. I think it's a fair point. It's a fair point. They're anxious about their tight margins. They're like, 
we have had this use it or lose it water policy for so long in Utah that we've created this culture of scarcity around water. And so Mm -hmm. if you have a tight margin around water, like, of course, you are going to feel anxious about that. The messaging is use less water and give us your water. And we're in a water crisis at the same time. And if you're sitting in the middle of that Venn diagram, you're like, well, wait a minute, which is it? Right. And then the other thing is like a lot of them still flood irrigate. So basically they're like, well, if my neighbor farmer stops flood irrigating, then there might be less water, less groundwater and less water in the streams for me. And so like kind of once one of us like gives out and starts leasing water rights, could it negatively impact the rest of us? And so they also see not participating in this program as sort of having each other's backs. So that is an important story. A lot for them to consider. A lot for them to consider. consider. And we we did see, you know, the legislature work to fund agricultural optimization this year. Like, so farmers don't need to be flood irrigating anymore. They can conserve more water with different methods. So... You know, uh, yeah, I mean, great point. It takes time for all of this to to come to fruition, but we don't really have time. Or at least it feels like we don't. No, and like, it has been such an exceptionally snowy winter. Ask any skier. They're all so They're loving happy. It. Oh, my God. Um, did you see that Deer Valley is about to break their own snowfall record? They need like a couple more feet and they're going to break their own historical snowfall record. Oh my God. Our snowpack is exceptional. So we've got all this snow. The runoff is going to be good. Our reservoirs are at 50% now, which remember last summer when our reservoirs were, some of them were at like 40% in June, right? Like that was bad. That was scary. But we need to raise this lake by 10 feet and the snowpack so far has raised the lake by three feet. So we are far from getting ourselves out of this crisis. More winters like this and more buckets of water. Yeah. More church. Stanley Adventure <laughs> quenchers full of water. That's what we need. Okay, Emily, let's get into the weekend. We have a special guest with us today. Our newsletter editor, Therina Ria, is popping in the Zoom to share weekend maybes, some ideas for your big St. Patrick's Day weekend. Therina, welcome to the pod universe. Hello, friends. Thank you for having me. Um, Yes, I'm so excited to bring you the weekend maybes. Our lead producer, Emily Means, proposed this idea. She's a fellow indoor enthusiast. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, that doesn't (laughs) sound like Emily, someone who doesn't like going out. I'm I'm also someone who can't commit to things. That's why everything's a maybe. But that's what's so nice. Yeah, about weekend maybes. They're the weekend plans that like will maybe get you out of the house or maybe you're going to spend the weekend on your couch. And there is no judgment here. It's good to have options. If you cancel on all of these suggested plans, we will not judge you and we won't hold a grudge. Exactly. I'm going to take note of that, y'all. I'm holding you to it, okay? Oh, okay. (laughs) You're an exception. We will judge you and hold a grudge. (laughs) Damn it! Yeah. The funny thing is a lot of the St. Patrick's Day festivities happened last week. And so there is, if you go to your local bar or cidery, there is always going to be celebrations happening. There's a lot of drinking and Irish jigs, I'm sure. But a, a fun one is going to the, the Westerner. Paul Mescal might be there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the, uh, the Westerner is having a St. Patrick's Day today at 6 p.m. So bring wow. your cowboy boots and your traditional Irish garb, if that <laughs> is what you, you like know- to do. What are they doing? Are they showing Banshees of Inisherin or something? <laughs> Banshees of Inisherin at the Western? Will they have Jenny the donkey there? 
Oh, no, she's dead. A Jenny impersonator? I really hope so. I know that they will have green colored drinks, green beer, green cocktails, green jello shots. Um, And then they also have a pot of gold raffle, um, a.k.a. (laughs) opportunity drawing, as we say here. Um, They also have free line dance lessons that start at seven. Well, you know, given the immense erasure of the Irish cowboy, this feels like justice. Exactly. That's what that's what they are. They're really social justice warriors at the Westerner. (laughs) Joe, they're going to love hearing that. I hope they're listening. What else Um, is up this weekend? So for those who like maybe celebrated last weekend or are like want to do something that's like not green. There are other things happening this weekend. Tonight from six to nine, there is an art show at Finch Lane Gallery that's curated by Sister. It's called Radical Joy. And Sister highlights um, women, non-binary and gender non-conforming artists. Um, if you've attended one of their shows before, you know that it's always a good time. The vibes are immaculate. They usually have like a really cool cool DJ. So if you want to like support local art and shake your groove thing a little bit, um, this is the the event for you. No green jello shots, though. That's what you're saying. No, green is not allowed. Do not bring your green. No, (laughs) wear red. (laughs) Wear exclusively red. Exactly. Okay, Tarina, what's last on your list? Yeah, so they're tomorrow, 7 to 10 at Mill Creek Common, they're having a DJ skate night, um, which like, yes, shaking your groove thing. Um, it's hosted by Diva, which um, is a nonprofit that promotes diversity and, and inclusion in our community. And they're throwing a fundraiser to help the Black Student Union Coalition um, throw their first ever BSU prom. So tickets are $15 oh, how exciting. for that. So come out and support. Love that. Is it roller skating season? I think so. The sun's shining. It's getting a little bit warmer. What is it, like 40s? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. that's basically summer. People are wearing shorts already. Emily, I have to ask, are you going to go to any of these things? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Are you going to do anything? It's a maybe for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what we call weekend maybes, baby. uh, We're calling it weekend maybes. And that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you do decide to go to any events, I do have a whole roundup of events on the Hey Salt Lake newsletter. So please subscribe. Um, you can head to saltlake.citycast.fm and I will be in your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. And what a joy that is. With quips galore. With quips, puns. Useful information. Yep, how-tos. And events. And events and news and happenings. All right. Well, Emily Means, Therina Ria, thank you so much. What a joy to end this week with you. Maybe I'll see you all tonight at the Leprechaun Inn in Mill Creek for a Guinness. Uh, TBD. The one day a year that they make all their money. (laughs) Uh, Have a great weekend. And regardless, we will all be back at it on Monday morning. Bye. Bye. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor, you heard her, Therina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Our great Salt Lake theme song, What a Banger, is by Daniel Foster Smith. But our regular music is by the local band, Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. <laughs>